You are listening to Nathan Chansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Are you an aspiring creative entrepreneur or established small business owner with a fuel to pursue the things that light you up like nothing else? If so, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Nathan Chansky, and I'm a photographer and photography business educator. On this podcast, I'm here to drop nothing less than weekly truckloads of business and marketing tips, mindset shifts, and transformative wisdom from my life and career to bring you into the highest potential self that God created you to be. I will see you right here each week, and let's commit to learning, growing, and achieving our goals together one bold step at a time. Pricing. Okay, so the topic of pricing, let's talk about it. Like, how should you price yourself as a photographer? Uh, Things like what is money mindset? What mindset should you have around money? Is there a wrong way to price yourself? Is there a right way to price yourself? Um, And I could go on and on. So today on the show, I have the privilege of speaking to my friend, photographer and educator, Ashton Brooke, all about it. And for many of you, no introduction is required for Ashton because you already know her and love her. But for those of you that don't quite know her yet, Ashton is a wedding photographer and business educator from Florida who is passionate about helping others grow their business with confidence and profitability. She's an experienced photography business coach, course creator, and a wealth of knowledge I can totally vouch for this when it comes to all things photography and creative business. And no exception, you guys, to her wealth of knowledge is her experience with pricing. Like she is one of the, I just think that when she talks about pricing, it is so incredibly powerful and she she knows her stuff. So if you are ready to hear all the juicy details, tips, mindset shifts, uh, and so much more wisdom from this interview with Ashton, then buckle up. Not going to talk any further. Let's get right into the episode. All right. Today we have Ashton Brooke on the show. Ashton, welcome to the Passion with Purpose podcast. So awesome to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. This is so fun. Thanks for asking me. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, I know you and I, you know, I feel like we're like good pals now, hopefully, but tell everybody else just a little bit about yourself and like a brief synopsis of your career story and just how you got to be where you are today. Well, we are good pals. Thanks for titling that. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I currently live in Naples, Florida, but I am from the Midwest and got started in photography right after um, my our wedding, my husband and I's wedding, just grabbed a camera and wanted to document our life. And then like long story short, got asked to photograph an engagement session that I had no business saying yes to <laughs> shortly after got asked to photograph a wedding, which I had even more business not Like I shouldn't have said yes to that, but I was like, why not? I just want to see where this goes and fell in love with shooting that wedding. Um, Shot it in JPEG, you know, made all the mistakes. Of course. (laughs) And when shortly after that year of just like learning photography, learning my camera, we moved to Florida where I knew absolutely no one. And 
um, I didn't want to use my degree. Like I had gotten a degree in social work and was working in foster care out of school, but um, I felt like moving to a whole new state was kind of this chance to start fresh with this like passion for photography. And so six months later, I said, let's go. I'm just going to call myself full time and really put in all the time and effort that I needed to give my business what it required of me to go full time. And that was super scary, but um, amazing. And my business just like, yeah, launched here in Florida. I dove, you know, headfirst into weddings and now Mm -hmm. I'm educating and I love it. It's super fun. That's awesome. So technically, how long have you been like a full-time photographer? I went full-time in 2017. So this past February was, yeah, five years. Wow. That's incredible. I know. So you've learned a thing or two. (laughs) I am constantly learning, but yes, I I feel like I have uh, learned a lot and really just like soaked up the education side of being a business owner. It's literally never ending, as you know. Right. It's like we're always learning and we always can learn from each other in like so many different ways. Um, So you've learned a bit on your five-year journey and probably even beyond five years, just a little bit maybe, (laughs) um, about the topic of pricing. And that's what we're talking all about today. And that's why I wanted to have Ashton on the show because she, I, I just think that she knows so much about pricing um, like we had met in Michigan a couple, I don't even know, is it like six months ago now or was it not even yeah, that long ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I remember uh, we had both sat down for a coffee chat with one of our other photographer friends and kind of just like the topic of pricing came up and I just felt like Ashton had so much to share and like she she's clearly figured out a way to like master pricing in a lot of senses and obviously You, Ashton, would probably say like, no, I haven't fully mastered anything, but I think you have so much expertise on this topic um, that you could just share with so many of our listeners. And I know that's something that like when I go on coaching calls or when I meet other photographers, like that's something um, that they're always asking me is like, okay, pricing, Mm -hmm. like what, how do I price myself? So um, yeah, this, that's my question is like, if I'm coming to you and let's say I am uh, on a coaching call with you. Like what are some bare bones, like just random structures, whatever it is to price yourself as a photographer? Like how, where do I begin? Like, do I just shoot in the dark? Do I Google what other photographers are charging? (laughs) Um, How do I do that? Where do I start? Yeah. Well, that's a big temptation is to look at what other people are charging and try to like find where you fit in, whether it's your style or what you're offering and be like, am I at that point? Like it's very, um, it's kind of like shaky waters. I don't know if that's the right term, but you know, it feels very uncomfortable. And I think most people journey through this like place of insecurity with, um, pricing. And so one of the first things that I think is a pillar of pricing, which I think you'll appreciate because I know you talk a lot about mindset, but it is money mindset. Like mm-hmm. what is your relationship to money? And I know that is a personal thing to like kind of dig up and, and tease out in your life. But because we are business owners and we're hu- like, we're humans first and then we're business owners. It's so impossible to separate our view of money and running a business. And so a lot of times I challenge people to 
ask yourself, like, what are your thoughts? What is your approach to money? Um, what is your approach to um, selling? Like, how do you feel about the idea of selling yourself and selling your services? Because a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to be like a greasy car salesman. But the the fact of the matter is we are providing a service. And if you are unwilling or insecure about selling, then you're probably going to hit some roadblocks when you really approach your like money mindset. Um, yep. Can I pick on that just a yes, little bit? Please. So I am kind of like a mindset junkie because mm-hmm. I think it's like the bedrock of so much mm-hmm. of success. And I think um, that if your mindset around money is just like fundamentally flawed and like has issues with it, I don't think you can progress very well. So let's say like, what would be kind of, if someone's hearing that, like, what would, what would you say is like, not a good money mindset or like maybe if it's um, general or specific and then how can mm-hmm. you like overcome that and how can you heal that? Great question. I think for me, I'll just speak to my experience. Um, I believed that I was going to make $30,000 a year for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, Honestly, I kind <laughs> Where does that come from? Like, well, and everyone grew up in a different culture or uh, family culture and dynamic around money. And I just, you know, and because I went to school for social work, it's just like, there's not, there's not money in that industry. So I think subconsciously I was like, well, I'm going to make 30 grand the rest of my life and like yeah. be in this place. And so a lot of people I think are in a fixed mindset of like what you believe you are able to charge or able to make or what you are worthy of making. Um, like some people believe like, Oh, that's not in the cards for me to make that much. I, I can never make that much or I wasn't made like that person. I'll never have what they have, um, or do with it. Like, so there's a lot of lack and fixed mindset around it. And Mm -hmm. if we want to change that, we have to challenge ourselves. We have to challenge our, our belief system. Um, kind of our root system, if you will, around this topic. And um, are we willing to address what we believe? Like, do you believe that you can work hard and deserve to um, profit for your hard work? Do you believe that you deserve to be successful and profitable? And do you believe that you have everything to be like a successful entrepreneur and uh, that there's room for you in this industry that maybe you think is super saturated. And so you just check out, you, you find all the reasons that you may fail um, and not be successful and not be profitable. But on the other side of that is like, actually, I have everything. Um, if I set my mind to it, it's not, it's not just mindset, obviously, but there's two different pathways here for someone who's saying, I don't have, I never will, you know, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank versus someone who's saying I can, I'll find a way. Um, I believe that I deserve this. Um, you know, there's, that's absolutely the two. And I think, and I think there's almost like, I know for myself, it's almost like it starts with yourself with being, Mm -hmm. um, in that place of, I believe in my product Mm -hmm. and I believe that I can make this amount of money and almost, and almost even asking yourself, like, do you even believe that making X amount of money or X amount on a booking is possible? You know what I mean? Almost like just 
like you don't have to believe that it's going to happen necessarily, but just like, I think even a step is just believing, like, do you even believe that that's possible for you? Cause that's yeah. already healing a little bit of your mindset. And then on top of that, um, just kind of thinking to yourself, you know, what I have is good for the person mm-hmm. that's going to be buying it. It's not all mm-hmm. about like, oh, I want them to like, give me their money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of thinking to yourself, like what I have to give them is going to be like, I'm basically giving them more than they could ever give me in just their dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving them something that's so worth their money that like by the time they're done with working with me, they're going to wish that they had spent more money on me. You know what I mean? Kind of like, yo, take my money. Like we've all had those experiences where we're like, take my money. Like it was such a good experience. Exactly. And as artists, I think the majority of people can lean on the side of being like, emotional emotionally attached to our work but also emotionally charged in the decision of like how to price yourself and what you're worth and what your art is worth and so people price themselves from a place of insecurity uh because they don't want to let someone down or they don't want to like someone to have a, a negative not even a negative experience just like not see the full value the full potential of what right. you bring you bring to the table Yeah, absolutely. So can I ask, like, was there kind of like an aha moment with pricing for you or just with money mindset for you um, where you like realized you went from like point A of maybe having a bad money mindset or not thinking that you could make X amount of money. um, And then you were like, oh my gosh, like this is happening and I never thought it would happen. And then it started Mm -hmm. just, you know, healing your mindset or changing your mindset. Was there any moment like that that ever happened for you? Yes, actually, this is a really fun story. Um, it's a little vulnerable, but I'll go there anyway. Good, I love it. <laughs> um, so in 2018, I had you know been full time for a year, maybe a year and a half, when this inquiry came in, and I had in my in my contact form a place to put your like photography budget, which is pretty normal. Um, and this couple was getting married in Virginia and in the budget section, they put 10 to $15,000 was their their photography budget. And I don't remember it at the time if my website said my starting price or like my average price. I don't remember. Um, I wish I could go back and have screenshotted all of my like websites. We should have done that. If you're listening (laughs) and you're like new to your business, do that because it's really interesting to look back on. And I was shocked. I literally thought that that they accidentally put their like overall wedding budget or something. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like freaking out, but I psyched myself up. I, you know, had my consult call with them, kind of went through my typical process. And I sent them a proposal uh, because it was a travel wedding as well. And I sent them a proposal. Um... (laughs) And I, bu- I actually booked that wedding. Wow. And part of part of me looked back and, and maybe thought like, oh, I had no business charging that. But I, I'm actually quite proud and I stand by my decision. Uh, no, I didn't make 15000 But I want to say that I profited somewhere around like 9000 on that wedding. And, um, That's crazy. What so that almost, ta- almost five figures with one booking. Yes. That's crazy. And what it taught me was that that couple saw value in me and they 
assigned their value of what my worth my worth was and what mm-hmm. my work was worth to them and it radically changed my view on price and worth and value and um just my approach to pricing a lot i mm-hmm. by no means did i continue like making that for the following two or three years per wedding i just i like that example because we'll put ourselves out there as like, oh, we start at 1500 or we start at 3500 And there are people who have such budgets, which is mind-blowing for most of us. Um, but if they see you are worth that and they want to invest in you, like who are you to say that you're not worth that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you kind of like um, made a statement like grammatically that said they assigned a certain amount of value to you. Can you just like speak to that a little bit? Because I think there's so much wisdom in that. And there's like, like, I remember the first time I realized, um, that someone can assign value to me that I didn't even assign to myself. Like completely mind blown. Can you just (laughs) talk a little bit about like what that means? Well, everyone, everyone assigns value to things because everyone values things differently. Uh, A good example would be the person who daily drives through Starbucks for a seven or $8 iced coffee. They value that and they are putting their money where they put their values. And everyone does that because, you know, people can view going to Target and dropping $200 as like this amazing self-care thing, you know, and that's what they value for themselves. And someone else may completely see that as worthless. So silly example, but my point is people who have a luxury wedding and a luxury budget, they are going to place their value where they see fit. Um, And we often are in the, we're on the side of, we don't want to look like we're overcharging and we're too much and we're placing this like crazy high dollar sign on our work. Whereas people who want the storytelling and the artwork and your creative eye and lens, like they are ready to put their money there. Mm -hmm. But so often we don't present ourselves with the confidence uh, or the, the brand or the messaging uh, to, to support what they're willing to pay. Right. And it's like, sometimes if you, just because you think that you are at a certain point price point, it doesn't mean that someone else thinks that you're at the same price point just because, or just because let's say you would pay uh, two to three to four grand for your wedding photography. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that someone else doesn't want to spend uh, 10 grand on their wedding photography and you might exactly. be the photographer they pick. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone has a different budget. You know, everyone has a different I said the Starbucks example because everyone has a different budget for, for coffee. If they're a coffee drinker, um, some people are going to Duncan and they're super, super happy with that. And Duncan fulfills their needs. Like, <laughs> and then there's the iced coffee, like every day from Starbucks. And then there's, you know, people who make their coffee at home. So yep. there's always that. And there's always going to be that in the wedding industry and in most industries. So um, I think it's a super important piece of the puzzle to understand like how you present yourself is how people are going to perceive you and assign value to you. Yeah. And I even have this question that I was planning on later on, but it kind of fits better here. 
Um, I think pricing can really be a massive impact on like your marketing and without mm-hmm. even knowing it, your pricing itself can be a full, well, it's almost more of a form of branding because it's mm-hmm. like once people see your price point, they immediately mm-hmm. associate you with that level of photography. Um, and obviously you, you, you have to have more than just like a certain amount of zeros behind, you know, what you're asking. But yeah. at the same time, like, I do think there is a dimension where like, if you have on your website, like, Hey, like I am charging, um, X amount for my photography. Um, it's going to fit with the niche that you're specifically targeting. So if you're trying to go for a luxury market and you are pricing yourself, let's say at like, too grand. I don't mm-hmm. think that's really good for your branding because mm-hmm. ultimately like there, there's something wrong there. Like either your yeah. work has to get better or your work has to be more targeted to a luxury market, or yeah. you just have to like pull up your bootstraps and be like, I'm charging more. I'm, I am targeting a higher <laughs> clientele. So right. you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how does totally. like, does pricing impact marketing at all or branding? Yes. I had a wedding when I first moved to Florida. I booked a wedding that was gorgeous uh, on a super well-known venue, um, kind of locally. But I sat, I sat down for dinner and the wedding planner was sitting with us and eating. And I asked her, I was like, what is it? What is pricing like? I mean, I was clueless. I was new to Florida, basically new to wedding photography still. And I believe I charged approximately $2,500 for that wedding. And I asked her like, what is the going typical photography rate in Florida here? Cause I'm trying to get to know the market and what, who, who better to ask than a wedding planner. And she said, Ashton, you are a budget photographer. I was wow. like, Oh, and I was pumped. I was pumped on my $2,500 booking. Like <laughs> I truly, and I, I'm proud of that, but she just shot it straight with me. And she's like, you, she's working with luxury, what she does luxury weddings. And I'll never forget that conversation because she just point blank told me that I'm a budget photographer for the clients that she's working with. And so what that looks like is she's probably not going to be recommending me. That couple found me, not the planner. Right. And what that means is until I'm at a price point that is, is, standard and typical and what is um, meeting more of the price point at which these luxury clients are booking, that planner is not going to recommend me uh, because it just doesn't fit the the luxury point of that wedding and that wedding budget and that client's style. And so you have to understand, I had to learn that and understand that if I'm going to hit this certain price point or market and work with these planners that are doing luxury weddings, um, then my brand needs to match the way that I price myself. My marketing needs to way to match that, and to to um, over time increase my pricing to be at that place where I'm confident, and and planners are going to recommend me, or the luxury market is going to not bat an eye. They're going to say, "Oh yeah, of course this makes sense that she's charging this." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I answered that question. No, you answered that perfectly. I think, I think it, it it shows like that. It's almost like she was so blunt in it that it almost like woke, uh, shook you awoke 
shook you <laughs> and can't talk yes. right now. It almost like it shook you awake. There we yes. go. Good, good yes. boy. <laughs> it shook me woke. <laughs> um, just to realizing like, oh, like I can't sugarcoat this anymore. Like I, someone yeah. just called me a budget photographer. Yeah. And I, I felt like slightly offended. I don't know. Like, should I feel offended? Um, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's like, I think that's so good. And sometimes we have to have those moments in our mm-hmm. business where someone just tells it like it is almost to yeah. like wake us up a little bit. Um, so l- let's just go back to maybe more like tactical now. Um, mm-hmm. If I am a photographer who is in my first couple of years, I've never really uh, known how to price myself. And I'm just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, basically. <laughs> like how, how do I go? How do I go about that? Like, where do I even begin? And um, you don't even have to give like a tried and true, like this is how to do it. But yeah. is there any sort of like mathematical or <laughs> Um, hypotheticals that you can kind of give. Um, And then if there's a wrong way, share that as well. So you, you and I have already told this to each other that there's really no one, there's no one way, there's no one size fits all or one perfect pathway to go about this. So I will just share from my experience um, and your listeners can take it as, or take it or leave it basically I worked with the budgets that people had in the beginning. Um, Probably my first three or four or five weddings were like $500, $750, a thousand, maybe my fifth wedding. Like I was at the place where I'm like, if I want to do this, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the experience, grow my portfolio. And really I'm, I'm asking people, what are they willing to spend on me? Because there is undoubtedly a time in your business where you have to just get experience and show people what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And so is your time valuable? Absolutely. Do I think anyone should ever shoot a wedding, a full on wedding for free? No, because that is a lot of time. It's equipment, it's skill, it's, you know, all the education you're putting in, but you have to ask yourself, what is the experience worth it to me until I'm really gaining momentum? And so if someone comes to you and, and you are brand new, ask them what their their budget is. And if mm-hmm. it's $500 and you're okay with that, then I think do it for that. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I found value in getting the experience. I took absolutely anything that would come my way for the first year, probably. Um and I just, I kept growing, like people had a little higher budget as they saw my work in, increase and um, my skills grow. So in the beginning, I don't know. And you give your advice too, like, were you asking people's budgets or did you just throw spaghetti against the wall and hope people would pay what you were charging? Yeah. When I first started, I have to be honest, I usually didn't really ask people Um, because I think like if, yeah, if we were to differ a little bit in like our approaches, so I don't really usually ask people, I kind of have more set prices, but that being said, like when I'm on a call with somebody, cause I almost like, I would say every single time now, back when I first started, I didn't, but like every single time now, before I book people, I'll get on a call with them and then I'll present my pricing to them. And if they're in a situation where they have a tight budget or they have even like a heftier budget and they want more from me, I always tell them like, hey, like these are my packages that I found and crafted together that have really served my clients best. And I've I've put these together, like I have three main packages and I put these uh, packages together 
based on what most people book. So right. if these are not something that you feel like you fit into, I don't want you to like wear a pair of pants that you don't feel like fit you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, let's do a custom package. Like let's put in all the things that you want to put in and then let's yeah craft something custom just for you. And then I'll send that over by the end of the day. Um, so I think it really just depends um, on like, I, I, I think you can do it both ways. You can ask upfront or you can ask later, or sometimes you don't even have to ask. Um, you can just say like, you know, is there something you'd like to add something you'd like to subtract? Right. I think as far as when I first started, um, I think it was much more throwing spaghetti against the wall and just being like, okay, this is what I think I'm worth. And this is what I think people are willing to pay. And then I, even beyond that, it was so much of just looking what other photographers yeah. in my area were charging. And I know people, I, I will say there is a little bit of, um, what would I say? Like there's, a, I think th in the photography industry, you'll hear a lot, like never do that. Like never look mm -hmm. what other people are mm -hmm. charging. And I, I agree. I don't think that's a great way to like price yourself. That's not like mm -hmm. good pricing psychology, if you will. Um, but at the same time, like, even like you said, when you ask that planner, I think it is good to have a frame of reference or a reference point or just like some sort of anchoring of what is the price in your area. Because for me, like in, in, in a Midwest smaller town, it, my pricing is going to be very different than like Southern California. That's just the mm -hmm. reality. Yeah. And so I do think, and, and there's like cost of living that comes into contact right. with that. Um, so there's a lot of things like that, that I think aren't necessarily all bad. It's just that I wouldn't completely base your prices on that because now I'm at a point where like I will occasionally look up what other people in my area are charging and I will be like, oh wow, they are like way undercharging and mm -hmm. I think that they should be charging way more. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Some stuff like that. So I think sometimes you, it's it's okay to maybe start there as like a reference point, but don't don't keep going like that, and don't be like oh totally. oh did the did the all us photographers collectively raise our prices? Okay, I'm going up too, guys. Good stuff. You know, like that's not yeah, that's sure. not what you want to do. For sure, I um I pulled this old pricing sheet that I found last year. Um, that really inspired me to to create this like pricing training resource. And I, I want to read it to you because I think it's really funny. This is Perfect. probably 2016 pricing sheet from, from Ashton. I'm ready. <laughs> my first package, and I am really embarrassed by the, the names of my packages because I titled them Sapphire, Ruby, and Diamond. <laughs> hey, that's not that bad. I think mine, I don't even want to, I don't even remember. I think I named, I think I named mine after like, famous mountains or something. So oh, don't, don't even think that <laughs> those are bad. <laughs> okay. So my Sapphire, which is the lower package is $1,800. It included five hours of coverage, one photographer, and basically their gallery. The next package was $2,300. So a $500 increase. And we jumped to eight, eight hours of coverage, oh, wow. two photographers and an engagement session wow. for $500 more. Okay. okay. My highest package was $29.50. So that's just a $650 gap. It included 12 hours of coverage, two photographers, engagement session, leather bound wedding album, and their gallery. 
my goodness. Okay, so before you even go on, I want you to like, for the listener that doesn't know why we're laughing, like, can you just break down like the mathematical errors of what's happening here? There's so many errors, which is why like, my heart goes out to, to that previous me, because I had no idea, like, I undervalued what three hours of coverage was. I undervalued what a second photographer was. I undervalued my time for an engagement session. Um, yeah, like just very, very minuscule percent, like percentage of profit here. And it's just so, it's humorous to look at. And I think this is why I find myself passionate about this topic because whether or not I was super, super skilled or had like, 25 or 30 weddings under my belt, I didn't know how to present packages. I didn't know what people needed. I truly threw these options out there, like five hours, one photographer. Uh, I threw those in there hoping that it would just make sense to someone else instead of like what, what you were saying is I want to ask people like what fits you? What (laughs) you said, what pants, what pants size fits you? Like, what do you need? Um, and this was this is a prime example of like I truly threw spaghetti against the wall and hoped that someone would pick it. Like there was no room in my head to like I had to perfectly choose the packages that would get me booked and cross my fingers. And so, yeah, and even like and and there's like because to me the thing that sticks out the most is like you know you have because what was like the jump for hours from the one session to the the second session five to eight it was from five hours to eight hours yeah okay so those are that's three additional hours of your time as the sole photographer so right right there if you go back to whatever you were charging for five hours like at bare minimum you could calculate what's um that number divided by five so now that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the hourly rate you've you've Mm -hmm. anchored at and then you jump up to whatever price you went to that's, I don't even think that would be like, you know what I'm saying? That wouldn't be three, three hours mathematically on no, top of the five. No. Like that wouldn't bring you to that next number. Plus on top of that, what you're probably paying for a second shooter to right. actually be there and show up if it's like a professional second shooter. And then what you'd also be paying to prepare and order a wedding album and the time that it took you to actually carry that out. And so like by the time you mathematically add all those things up, like it's going to be a completely different number. And I think, I think that's how a lot of people um, do, don't really think about pricing is they forget that there is like a math equation here. Like there is yeah. like, you have to almost break down every part of your pricing or excuse me, every part of your package that you're offering, whether it's a custom package, whether it's a set package and you have to like get nitty gritty and be like, okay, what is the value of this? And what is the value of this? And what is the value of this? And then you add that up. And then that's, um, that's not always like your end number, but that's kind of like a, that's, that's a, a reference, reference point. point. Yeah. And then you, you know, if you have multiple offers, like multiple packages, kind of like, you know, finagle, is it, is it better for them to go with a higher package? Is the top package like the highest value for them? Are they getting the most bang for their buck with the higher packages? Right. You know, and I think a lot of people forget those things and they just, 
they just pick a number that sounds good and they don't yep. do any sort of like math behind it or like what it actually costs them. Right. You know? because and, so, and I, I didn't years ago. Like, no. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, don't think I'm like laughing at anybody. I'm <laughs> laughing at myself. Like, truly. Right. Oh, me too. Me too. Like if I was doing the, the appropriate math here, my highest package would be like four or $5,000, but that's just, that was too big of a gap for me to feel like I could present that in, 2016 where I was new and so I just think what what I was missing and what I think a lot of people miss out on the very beginning few years or a couple of years in business is confidence in pricing and being like okay this makes sense like I have you know I wish that I just would have run this by someone who was further ahead in me uh further ahead in photography and said like does this make sense can you help me kind of put these things together but instead you look to the left, you look to the right, and then you cross your fingers and be like, okay, maybe this will like work for someone who's, who's stopping for a photographer. Mm-hmm. I just, it's not, it's not a substantial place of like confidence to price yourself out. So anyways, yeah. I just thought that would be funny to share. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and do you think that um, there's kind of a situation where if someone thinks, cause this is kind of leads into my next question of like, when is it time to raise your prices or like how does a photographer successfully raise their prices and still book? Mm-hmm. Um, like when it comes to raising pricing or just like, if you feel like you're listening to this and you're like, okay, my pricing isn't what it should be. And like, I need to mm-hmm. reassess and then you change them. Let's say that person changes their prices and they're actually charging what they're worth, but it's a little bit higher than what they had been charging. And then let's say the next three inquiries that come in that week, like bang, 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 all in one week, um, they get turned down and they say, sorry, your prices are too high for me. Um, I'm on to the next photographer. Like, what would you say to that person? Because I know that's a reality for a lot of people. And then they think to themselves, okay, well, like Nate and Ashton told me to price myself at what I'm worth, but like now I'm left with zero inquiries. Um, instead right. of like at least the couple that I had, like, what would you say to that person? Oh, it's such a good question. And I think there's a lot of factors here um, at play. One, I would ask, are you in a place financially to raise them? And I am saying like, are you confident that if inquiries say you're too much that you can stand your ground and say, that's okay. That's part of the process. That's part of business. That's part of raising my prices. Um, are you in a place where you can do that and, and remain confident? Because if you're not, you're going to question and doubt and be really shaky about your decision. Um, the, here are some reasons where I think people should be be ready to raise their prices. One, you have increased experience. Like you're better, you're a better photographer. <laughs> you have an extra 20 weddings under your belt. Like, you know what you're doing. You're professional, which was something that I felt really insecure about. I don't know if you did, but I was like waiting for the time to like call myself a professional wedding photographer and no one was like, no one handed me that title or like a plaque. And uh, you, you truly just have to like self title it for yourself at some point in your career. But when you're a professional and you have increased your consistency, I think is another great um, thing to look at. If you can look at your work from one wedding to another, to a shoot in all types of environments and lighting and be like, my work looks consistent. Like people know what to expect when they hire me. That's a great reason to be confident that you're, you're worth more. Um, if you're getting referred a lot, 
I think that's a great reason. You're being highly talked about. People are leaving you awesome reviews. Great reason. Um, if you're overbooked, <laughs> like you're booking. Yeah, like easy uh, one right there. Easy. If you're booking 10 out of 10 inquiries, like you're, you're underpriced and it's yep. time. Um, that's just a signet. Like that's clear. Yeah. Everyone can understand that. Um, but that also comes with accepting that like, you're not meant to book a hundred percent of the time. Like yep. being profitable actually means that you don't book 10 out of 10 people that come your way. Yep. And you have to come to a place of like confidence and acceptance that like, that's, that's how it should be. Um, if you are booking 10 out of 10 people, you're probably underpriced. So, and that's a good, I feel like that's almost speaking to a different type of listener, but I think that's like really important to say, because if there's somebody out there who like, I I think sometimes people think, well, I am um, booking 10 out of 10 weddings. So that's proof positive that I am like pricing myself successfully and I'm running a really good business. And I would say, I don't think you are like, I think you're pricing yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not pricing yourself well because you are booking everything that's coming your way. And I I can't imagine that like every single booking is like something that is perfectly aligned for you. And that every single person, like, I don't know, like, I I don't know if I believe that necessarily. So I think there is a, a time and a place where if you are consistently just booking every single person, um, to, to say, you know, like, I, th- I think I might like raise my prices a little bit here and, um, mm-hmm. kind of like, it's just supply and demand. That's basic economics. Mm-hmm. I even noticed for myself, if I, I, if like, I have kind of like a, a package, um, three packages where like my top package is kind of almost outlandish, almost like offensively high in some senses. <laughs> and I have that there because, um, if someone does want to go and spend a lot, if, if I have that like outlier client who wants to spend a lot on me, I want to have them have a place for that. You know, like if you want that much value out of me, I can provide that for you. But it's funny because sometimes like if I, like I had this happen this last, um, this last couple six months where like three people in a row had booked that top package and I'm like, oh, she is not <laughs> priced correctly. Like I, this is not supposed to be happening. Right. Um, so I think sometimes like, yeah, like pricing yourself too low can be very problematic. And those are really good experiences and lessons to learn. Like the fact that people were booking your top package three inquiries in a row. Like sometimes my advice for people is don't freak yourself out and jump a thousand dollars in your starting price. Some people just need to like inch up a little bit more like $300 or $500 and, and total like I will stand by this experimentation is part of this business. Like experimentation is just part of pricing yourself and figuring out like kind of your sweet spots. And so give yourself grace and time to experiment in all of this um, and know that like it's okay to test something on your website or to test something in your proposals and see how the response goes. But it sounds like what you just had experienced with like your top packages being booked. Some people are just that underpriced and they've undervalued themselves for so long that they actually need to make that big jump and be like, all right, this might feel really uncomfortable and crazy to, to, uh, you know, bump it a thousand dollars or whatever it was like, but that's just where you are. And part of this mindset stuff too, is like asking yourself, are you booking what you want to shoot? Um, are you niched down where like, it makes sense for what you're booking? And 
are you burnt out? Because if you're burnt out, that also may be a signifier that you're under, under charging and you're kind of like resentful at how much you're working and how much you're taking on, which may indicate that you're underpriced. Like if you're priced at a place where you're like, wow, I love my job. I love the clients I'm taking on. I'm actually profitable Mm -hmm. and my time has been valuable and my clients appreciate me. Like all those things are signifiers to me that like I am pricing myself at a place where I'm not burnt out. Uh, And and that takes time. Like it is quite a journey for everyone to get there. But um, I say it's like, it's a fight worth fighting for, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. And don't, don't you think that sometimes like, Cause maybe if we didn't, we didn't touch on the question enough about like, Oh, like, is, am I doing something wrong? Um, like if I'm not booking, like if I get back to the person that maybe like did up their prices a little bit and then they got like three turndowns or something like that. Don't you think Ashton that there's a little bit of a dimension of like, there might be, um, a marketing issue sometimes and your, your pricing may be perfectly right for what you should be charging at your experience level. But if ultimately you don't have the inquiries coming in, and if you don't even have people to experiment your pricing on, then what's going to happen is like three inquiries turning you down is going to be crushing for you instead of like, oh, three inquiries was just like another day at the office for me. And I'm not saying you have to get three inquiries per day, but I guess what I'm saying is I think you almost have to have a certain level of marketing running and, and and a certain level of exposure and influx of clients in order to actually, um, I guess, like objectively test and experiment with your prices. Because don't don't think that like just because the the first couple people turned you down um, that like oh you priced yourself wrong. Like you might just need to experiment with more people. And you might need to get your name out there a little bit more. Like, again, like more demand will drive your prices up. Um, So yeah, I think, I think sometimes marketing can really be, would you say marketing is like a part of that? Like you need to have a certain dimension of exposure uh, to experiment. Yeah, definitely. And what, what else came to mind was like your website has to support it too, which is a huge part. If people are coming through your website, they're experiencing Mm -hmm. your brand Um, They're experiencing your brand voice and seeing your work. Um, If your website is shoddy, like, yeah, you're not, to me, I don't know how people can separate their website from making what they want to make because everyone can have a highlight reel on Instagram and show beautiful portraits. But like your website is this this place where like people are making the decision to reach out to you. They're making this it's a bigger commitment to go to your website and fill out your contact form than it is to scroll your Instagram feed. And there, there's a lot of inconsistencies that I see in the industry with people who are struggling, you know, maybe that maybe they did raise their prices, but they're like, and I have, you know, people, a friend who is years more experienced than I am, but struggling to book at the price she wants to, but her website has basically like stayed at a beginner level website with Mm. no blogs and and I just was honest with her I'm like look you are so good your website is not and Mm. I want you to make more money and I you deserve more money you are you are so experienced but 
you have just neglected your website to support the luxury market that you want to target. And I believe that those inquiring clients see the disconnect. And so when you talk about marketing, part of me says like part of where my head was like, it's also website and people really slack on having a solid website, but they want to charge a ton more or they want to raise their prices, but they're not changing their, their client experience via like website and interaction online. I think that's a really awesome uh, point that you make there just because like I've noticed that there's a lot of people that really want to charge a different level of pricing, but then they almost don't change anything else about the back end of their business or the branding of their business. And so I think it's one of those situations like you, you can't charge um, five grand while you're having like a two grand website. And I'm not saying that that's totally. what you website. But if your website and your branding says I'm a two grand photographer, you can't be charging five grand or 10 grand. Like that's just unfortunately like the reality. And so I also think this plays into um, just kind of the, I, I know for me, like something that made me maybe more mindset based, like was able to something that helped me raise my prices um, and my mindset around that was um, I noticed that for the first maybe year or two, of when I was like dabbling in photography a little bit, I kind of gravitated a lot towards like free things. And I just like gravitated Mm. a lot towards like budget uh, gear and like everything was all like, I don't want to spend like too much money on my business, profit, profit, profit. But then what happened was, is like, what you have to understand is like, as an entrepreneur, there is a dimension where like, if you don't spend money, you aren't going to be making money because you have to spend something to actually make something. And so if you're like, I refuse to spend to get a designer to make a website for me, or I refuse to spend to even get like a good, uh, like flow themes or Squarespace or whatever site or show it site. And then you're like, I also refuse to spend money on like nice gear. And then I also refuse to spend money on education, like educating me to be a good um, photographer. Then it's going to you. I mean, you probably are going to have like a sick feeling when you're charging so much more because it doesn't make any sense. Like why? Like you can't ask people to, this is okay. This is like a gold nugget that I heard once. So I can't even take credit for it, but I don't even know who it was. So I can't even credit them. But basically someone said, and this kind of hit me so hard. You can't ask people to invest in a business that you won't even invest in yourself. hundred percent. You know, like, so if you're unwilling to actually invest in your business to take it to that next level, it's really, it's going to be naturally hard for you to find the confidence to ask other people to invest in your business, you know? Well, yeah, it messes with your mindset too. If you already struggle with like money mindset, which totally I did. Like I was not the person who was like, I'm going to go straight for the full frame. And like, I was finding ways to cut corners because I was scared to spend the money. Um, Totally makes sense. I think it's very normal and natural, but the confidence that comes from like, wow, my website looks incredible. A professional designer designed it, not me who has no business in or no experience in design. Like you have the camera that is like, I had such a difference in, in confidence when I bought a full frame camera and a better lens. And like, I was just investing. And I will say the biggest mindset switch for me when it came to confidence and pricing in my business was when I started investing, not just in gear, but like in education as well. When I was taught like from other people who I trusted and like knew what they were talking about, how to run my business, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And I 
I'm, I'm actually a professional. I'm actually a business owner. And so me charging what I was charging didn't feel scary anymore. Cause I'm like, I don't just take, you know, we're not, we're not just taking people's money and running. Like we're not scammers, right? but we believe that we are or something, something weird internally goes on. However, when you take part of that percentage of profit and you reinvest it into your business and you build this momentum of like website gear, business education, um, sometimes a one-on-one mentorship, like life-changing for me. And I stopped being scared of like what I was putting out into the world on my website as far as pricing goes. Yeah. And obviously when you first start, I do think it's great to be scrappy and to be like, I mean, there were times like I shot one of my first weddings and I still love those photos. I shot it with like one 6D just mark one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I think it was like a 35 Sigma. And yep. it was like, that's, I think that's like the, I shot the entire wedding with just that. I think I had a few other pieces of gear, but I don't even think I touched oh, them. Yeah. So like get scrappy when you're first starting. Like if you need to, if you want to have like, uh, like a dot Wix site when you're first starting, like go for it. But there is a point at, in your career when I do believe that you need to, like, if you want to, if you want people to take you seriously, now that you do have those like shoots under your belt, you have some portfolio under your belt, you have experience under your belt. Okay. Now, if you want to raise those prices, which you, which is a good um, desire to have now, let's also like raise the value of your overall business as a whole, you know? Totally. Yep. I'm with you. Um, so just kind of like in closing, this is something that I really want to be asking like every single guest that goes on the show, because I think sometimes when we look at our past, we can, we like we've gained wisdom just by almost mm-hmm. living and just functioning and um, kind of looking back on our mistakes and all that kind of stuff. So if you could go back to like the first year in the industry, or it doesn't have to be like the first industry, first year in the industry version of yourself, but just like a past version of yourself, like, and you could sit her down, like, what would you tell her? Like, this could be advice, this could be encouragement, criticism, like a challenge, like, what would, what would you say? Wow, where do I narrow this down to? Um, One of the things that comes to my mind is in the very early stages, I cared so much what people thought of me. I was and this was in 2015 or 16, mind you, where like, I thought it was oversaturated then. And I was so scared to put myself out there as a photographer. Like, <laughs> a little did I know. But just to not care, like, other people aren't paying your bills. And I was so scared of what they would think. Totally around the topic of pricing, so scared if they would judge what I was putting out there, because I thought they were judging my work and then judging my pricing. And like, they're not paying your bills. Like why, why do we give any energy and why do we give them power over any of that? Um, second later in my career, I think I would tell myself that it's not about you. Like this is an industry that is not about you and you are in the service industry. And though it is a creative industry, put your pride aside and you are choosing to enter into someone's most incredible sacred day and you're there to serve them and not make it about you and not make it about your growth on Instagram. And, Mm um, I, that wasn't my motivation going in, but I think it's a sneaky little snake that comes into play when you see 
people's affirmation of you or you see any growth on Instagram, like all there's just, it's a slippery slope to think that like, Oh, this is, this feels cool. Um, and it's how quickly it can get away from you that it's, it's truly a client based work. It's client based work that we do. And that's where you will find your most joy and fulfillment is when you put yourself aside and serve the people who are trusting you with an incredible job. Like, yep. It is so humbling and, and amazing what we get to do. So I think those yeah. are two things that comes to mind. That's awesome. I feel like that last one that you gave about it's not about you and like be cued in onto the people, into the people that you're serving and make it about them and be excited for them and like focus on them. I feel like that's a whole episode in itself. So <laughs> no. when, I, when I have you back on, I'll, that'll be the episode. Oh my gosh, um, let's do it. So Ashton, uh, you know, like I'm sure there's a ton of people out there who are like, okay, Ashton knows so freaking much about pricing and I need to hear like every single thing. If someone was like wanting to take the next step and maybe instead of just like a free podcast was like, okay, I want to, I want something that's actually going to take me from point A to point B. Like I want something to sink my teeth into from this girl. Like where do you have something like that? Yes. Because when I saw that original pricing sheet from my early years, I was like, there are so many people that are doing this. And I genuinely believe that this topic is one of the most life-changing things. If you're profitable in your business, you will keep the passion alive for like what you do. And so I put everything I know into a, a live pricing training. So it was like a live audience and every single thing from money mindset to website, like website do's and don'ts and how to present pricing to um, inquiries and proposals. I break it all down. I show in that training, like literally what I say in an email, um, when I send my proposals and then because it was a live audience, I have Q and a at the end. So it is hefty and it is something I'm like, I was so stoked to put into the world. Cause it's, um, I, I don't see a ton of pricing training out there or education on pricing. That's like super solid and super clear. So right. yeah, that is, uh, available. It's on my website or in my Instagram, you can kind of find a highlight or like link in my bio type stuff. Yeah. And I'll make sure and put that in our show notes, just like a direct link to it so that anybody listening can just go straight to that. Um, so if we could like connect with you online, like Instagram on your website, yeah. like where can we find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram mainly. Um, I'm not, I know I'm not a TikToker yet. And you've told me to, to get on that train, but basically I'm on Instagram, um, Ashton Brooke. Ashton with a Y and I'll give a discount code for your listeners for the pricing training too. Cause, um, I like to do that when I can. So I will make the discount code passion cause your title awesome. is purpose. So, I love it. um, you can put that in there, but I'll, the discount code will be for $50 off. Um, if people are interested and sometimes Sweet. like a one-on-one is just more valuable for people. If they're like, I need direct help with exactly what I'm doing. Yep. That's an option too. Yeah, absolutely. I love this conversation, Nathan. It is so fun. I feel like we could talk forever about it. I know. I think we're already at like 50 plus minutes now. Oh my gosh. So, um, I feel like my episodes like so far have gone way longer than I thought. Like I always think that like podcasting, I'm going to like run out of content, but like, genuinely it's always way, too, not too much, but it's like way more than I was yeah. expecting. So There's a lot I to love cover. It. Exactly. All right, Ashton. Well, thank you so much. 
for being here. So appreciate it. I know our listeners will absolutely love it. And yeah, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for having me on.